Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Everybody, it's Michelle Prince with the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on successful entrepreneurs, business owners, but primarily people who are making a difference. They're creating movements, they're leveraging their story in big ways. And I, our guest today is doing so many incredible things. And I, I know her story pretty personally, so I can't wait to share it with you. But first, let's just do a, a, a Sponsor message here. This episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing Group. Performance Publishing Group provides top quality, comprehensive book publishing services for soon-to-be authors. The Performance Publishing team has helped thousands of people realize their dream of becoming an author. Will you be next? As a partner publisher, Performance Publishing Group can offer you more than just expert guidance. They want to make sure you get the book of your dreams and reap the rewards. For more information, go to performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, I cannot wait to shine an author spotlight on my friend who is uh, one of our authors, um, but doing yep. so much more than just uh, <laughs> writing a book. But it's uh, Tanya Hendricks is, has seen the crippling effects of devaluing women and the unequal treatment of women. As a woman of faith in the conservative and evangelical church, she has personally felt the effects of unequal treatment by church leadership. She believes that knowledge is power. Her study of God and the Bible with a focus on Jesus's life mixed with her legal background presents a unique perspective on the value and honor God gives women. To enlighten, empower, and equip women, Tanya has blended her faith, legal experiences, and work with abused and trafficked women to write equal protection under God, gender equality, and women's roles in the church. It is such a good book. You have to read it. Um, she is currently a senior attorney at New Beginnings, New Beginnings Family Law in Huntsville, Alabama, where she represents cases and clients involving wills, estates, divorce, and custody. She's a certified guardian ad, ad litem. Am I saying that right? I hope I am. Ad litem. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and registered mediator and lives in Huntsville with her husband, Ron, and dogs, Sinatra and Georgia. Well, oh my goodness. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I do have to make a correction, and it's my fault. I'm now with Hitson and Hitson um, Law, not no longer with New Beginnings, but I, I'm with Hitson and Hitson. So sorry, that's my fault. Oh, no, all good. Hey, you know what? Changes <laughs> have always happening, right? And, and so yes. this, this is good. And you have been changing and evolving. I met you a couple of years ago. Yes. And we, you know, started down the process of, of you were working on a book and tell. But, but there's so much more beyond, beyond just the book. But tell us a little bit more about your background and how you even got into law. Well, I am an attorney. Um, I grew up in South Alabama. And one evening, I was a senior in high school. and I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had um, my school counselors said, go, you'd make a great lawyer. Go to the courthouse and check things out and come back and tell us what you think. Well, I came back and said, no way, never going to do it. Um, one night I was sitting in church and just got the call to be an attorney to help abuse women and children. So that's how I stepped into the legal practice. Um, it was a calling. And I started out as a prosecutor. I prosecuted child sex cases. And then I went into private practice um, and worked with abused women, abused children, and um, 
you know, various other things through that. I've been a prosecutor, defense attorney, um, divorce lawyer, <laughs> as you mentioned, Gardad Leiden, which is an attorney for kids. So that's kind of my legal training, um, my legal background. And then around 2009, a friend of mine at church um, started learning more about human trafficking. And the pastor said, hey, you need to connect with Tanya. And so um, she and I connected and I started learning more about human trafficking and got involved with a group called Class Kids Foundation. And so in 2009, I started looking for missing and exploited children uh, because missing kids become exploited kids. So we started looking for those and I've literally walked the streets of different um, cities throughout this country looking for victims. I've done online monitoring um, and I have um, in 2013, I closed up my law practice and became a missionary full-time to trafficking victims in Birmingham. I worked for uh, a nonprofit organization that had a safe house for trafficking victims. My dogs and I actually lived in the house with the ladies for six months. And so I got a real up close and personal view of human trafficking and what that looked like. And um, I left that and went back into the law practice because it was a nonprofit (laughs) and there was little money at the time. So um, I've been back practicing law and now I do solely estate planning. Uh, My practice now is really focused on legacy and, and I'm very intentional about people leaving their legacy. I've been intentional about mine and I want people to be intentional about their legacy, whether it's their resources, or their um, their own memory, like how people are going to remember them. Uh, I think it's all connected. So wow. that's that's what I'm doing now. So did you? That's so fascinating to me. I mean, did you ever envision yourself getting involved on that side of things with women and children, and and or was that always a passion of yours, even since you were younger, to to help victims? It was a passion from early on when I was a teenager. Um, I really jumped in when I got to college. Um, I worked, I, I think it was my freshman year, I started volunteering with a group that was, we were peer educators. So we went around to different um, sororities or residence halls or different organizations to educate other women about the signs of sex trafficking. I'm sorry, not sex trafficking then, but back then it was sexual assault, domestic yes. violence, kind of what that looked like to try to educate them so they could avoid those situations or get out of it if they start seeing the red flags. So I really became passionate at that time because I learned so much um, in in preparing for those peer education classes. And then I also started meeting and talking to victims. Um, and I also started volunteering with Child Abuse Prevention Services of Tuscaloosa where I was in college and started working one-on-one with children who were either already victims or they were at high risk of becoming victims. Mm. And so I just really had this passion inside of me to help these victims because they're the most vulnerable. You know, they are the most vulnerable in our society. And um, that just ended up transitioning to um, sexual assault or or sex trafficking victims. uh, Once I started learning more about that and and working with those victims. And that really, (laughs) the passion was really ignited um, to work with them. The more, the more I saw them and, you know, the first time I actually came face to face with a sex trafficking victim, I mean, I still can see her face in my mind. Um, it was in Miami and we were down there for the Miami Super Bowl in 2010. And I can still see her um, and I can see the 12 year old girl that we saw two days later. And so it's that just really ignited that fact, that passion and desire in me to help these um, women. And there are men victims, too. Don't get me wrong. But uh, most of who I've worked with have been females. Wow. And it's so much more prevalent than I think the general population is aware of. 
It really is. It really, I, somebody just asked me yesterday, how bad is it here in Huntsville? I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. And they said, how bad is it in Huntsville? It's like, it's here. <laughs> you know, it's everywhere. I um, mean, it can be from lower income to higher income. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the people that, one of the young women that I helped, and I actually went and picked her up from the house, like she was standing outside, she wasn't inside the house. Um, it was a half million dollar home in a great neighborhood. That's actually a country club neighborhood. So it can be across the spectrum um, of society. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is, that is, it's shocking. Um, but I, I love that you are such an advocate though, and, and getting it out there in, in so many ways. I mean, there's, oh gosh. I mean, I, I can't even imagine some of the things that you've seen mm-hmm. across the yeah. board. Yeah. Um, the depths of, of depravity and human nature is just um, astounding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's all full out there. Well, thank God there are people like you and inspiring <laughs> others like me and those listening to, to find a way to help other women and children and men too, but just all of those that are exploited. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like we could have a whole show just on that. But I also yes. want to shift gears because you're doing some incredible things. And I want to talk about your book. Uh, so let's, let's start there and dive into Equal Protection Under God. What exactly is this book about and why did you write it? So the book is about gender equality in the church. And the reason I wrote it is I've known, I've known for a long time I'm supposed to write a book. Um, and the book that I'm supposed to write, I keep trying not to write um, because it's my story. So I ended up when I heard um, one day, I think it was, gosh, it was maybe 2018 to 2019. I was listening to um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's book, My Own Words. And she said some things in that that just really sparked my mind. Um, I'd already gotten my Master's of Divinity. And in my Master's of Divinity, I focused a lot on theology and on women and women in the church and women in church history. So when I heard those words, which were uh, the stigma of inferiority for women and also um, the submissive majority, those words just jumped out at me and just stirred in me that this is what it feels like. This is what I had felt like growing up in the church. Um, And I grew up in the conservative evangelical church where women were not um, promoted to leadership. Um, There there are some denominations that happens, but in the ones that I grew up in, it didn't. And um, I was actually, and I wrote about it in my book, Equal Protection Under God, a situation where I was the leader of a group and the other person that was helping uh, was a male and the pastor directed all the conversations to him rather than me, mm-hmm. which made a huge impact. And I'd already gotten my undergraduate degree. I had my bachelor's degree at that point. I was waiting to go to law school. And I'm asking the questions to this pastor and he turns and answers to the other person. Um, and, and that just made it very clear. And so because of that background and because of knowing that, and then I was seeing within society, some of these same church leaders on the national level promoting the Supreme Court and saying, we have to write, we have to vote this way because we need a Supreme Court justice that's going to vote uh, or, or rule kind of in line with what we believe. And I started thinking they would have, they would be okay with the Supreme Court justice being a female and making all these important laws and important rules, right. but that same person couldn't preach on in their pulpit on a Sunday morning. Wow. And so that's when God's like, this is the book you're writing right now. And so I took my um, history growing up in the Christian or 
conservative churches. I took my legal background and studied some of the gender equality cases to show that, hey, the Supreme Court, the highest court on the land that you are putting so much value and emphasis in is willing to show the value of a woman. Mm. You need to do the same. And in doing that, I also took a lot of examples from Jesus, like Jesus values us as women. He elevates us. He's actually our liberator. Yes. And so let's take these two, let's combine them and do something about it. You know, let women know that we're valued, that we're seen, that we're loved and that we matter Mm -hmm. and allow us to be leaders in the church, to be preachers or whatever God has called us to. You know, some women have been called to be preachers. Not every woman has. Um, But if we have been called to it, who are you to say that we can't do that? Absolutely. Um, Because God has God has put that in his word. And so um, that that's that's how the book came about. And that's really what it is about. So I'm curious, since it's been published, what has been or has there been any reaction from members in the and leaders in the church? There's no um, from the leadership in churches that would not allow women in leadership, it's been silence. Um, there's been nothing said. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the women in those churches have been going, all right, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, great book. Yes. But um, the leadership themselves, no. The leadership in other churches where it's not an issue, they've liked it, they've promoted it, um, allowed me to come speak about it. So it, it's, it kind of depends on you know yeah. who you're talking to. <laughs> Absolutely. And it really doesn't matter if you had any uh, response from from those who who are maybe opposed to that, you know, message, you know, ultimately that you were called to share it. And um, there are plenty of other people that that fully believe in equality and in in the church. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just going to be a matter of time before um, that message gets uh, a little clearer in all in all areas of faith. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, I just well, and and the 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 book was written for women. Uh, it was written for that woman sitting uh, really more my age group. So someone between 35 and 55 who grew up in the church, who have been told one thing their entire life. You know, this book was written for them to open their eyes and see that's not necessarily the way God teaches and what God says in his word. And I have had the feedback from a lot of those women that, oh my gosh, I never knew that. Um, I never recognized that. And so you know, the one person it was written for has had her eyes open. Um, and that's what matters more than anything. Yeah. I just love seeing how you've um, taken, you've just combined it all, you know, your legal background, your, your, you know, growing up, I'm sure there's some personal things in there too, but you brought it all together in, um, and it, it really is a great book for, for anyone to read, but um, yeah, it is for women for sure. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you said something and I can't, I can't let it go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and you feel you answer with what you're comfortable, but you mentioned that you weren't ready to write. This was the book to start with, that there may have been another book that you weren't ready to, are you ready to talk about that yet? Or is that still something that's down the line? I am. I, I, well, I'm ready to talk about it because it's down the line, but later this year. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I have had several other projects happening. But it's, you know, I went through a very personal situation. Um, I was married to a con artist Mm -hmm. and that just um, developed. I mean, so many issues came out of that, which I'm not ready to talk about just yet um, on such a public podcast. Um, But I haven't written that book. And I knew that 
for you know, this happened back in 2005 in my life. I've known since then I was supposed to write this book. I know I was supposed to tell that story and I would start writing it and I'd put it away. I'd start writing it and put it away. And I've realized over the last few years, the reason I haven't written that book is because I, I wasn't ready to tell it the way it needs to be told. You know, I have to get comfortable with sharing some of the story, but not all of it. You know, it's right. all the details don't need to be told, just the lessons that I learned. You know, and, and I can say I was here and I'm now here and this is how I got there. And That's you can right. get there too. That's right. And um, I, I've I kind of started it a little bit more last year and I put it aside to work on some other projects. And then in November, actually, um, a, an old friend of mine called me up and said, Tanya, there's this young woman in my church who has a story exactly like yours, very mm-hmm. similar to yours. And it's, it's you know, it's a rare story. So um Actually, it's not too rough. I've, I've come across a lot of women who have been manipulated, conned, and those type of things. But um, I connected with her. And as I was talking to her and trying to help her through it, God convicted me. It's like, this is why I told you to write the book. If you had this book out already, she could be leaning on that as well. And so I know there are women out there who need that book. Mm-hmm. It will be written this year. <laughs> um, it, it, But it's hard when you're telling such a personal story that's filled with shame and guilt and um, all kind of things, then it, it's hard to tell. But there are women that need to know that even in the depths of being shamed, um, in the depths of being conned, and you're questioning your own beliefs, you're questioning um, everything about you, everything. I mean, when your life is, when you realize your life has been based on a lie, yep. it just does something to you. Absolutely. And it, it can, you can overcome that. And that's what I need women to know that it, you can't overcome it. You, know, you can get from here to here. It may take a while, mm-hmm. but you can do that. And it's going to, it takes you know, some, some days I just had to force myself to get out of bed. You know? And sometimes it just takes that extra effort of just, I got to get up today. I've got to take a shower. I've got to put clothes on, you know? Um, and so that's how the, the book will be is that it's the steps of how I get from here to here because you can overcome it. That's right. um, you can be on the other side of it and have victory and be redeemed. God, Jesus is a redeeming God, and yes. he wants to redeem those parts of us that have been stolen from us. Mm. But, you know, the Bible says it's the, the, the parts that have been the locusts have eaten. So he wants to restore those things. Um, and I've clinged so many times to Isaiah 61, 7, which says God can give you a double portion for your shame. And he really has. And it's he just really has. And that's a promise that I want everybody to know that regardless of what you've been through, God will give you a double portion of your shame. If you just trust in him and rely on him, he will do that for you. Oh my gosh. I have chills right now. I mean, you just said Isaiah 61, seven. I am not kidding you, Tanya. I was reading that this morning. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, I literally have chills and the whole thing about, I totally hundred percent agree with you with the restoration that God, he is restoring people. And, but the, here's the beauty of restoration. He's not going to just bring you back to where you were. He's going to bring you back better. And that double yes. portion, it's kind of like, um, that, the, the story of, you know, Jesus's first miracle, when he turns the water into mm-hmm. wine, he had mm-hmm. these, he could have just turned the water into the same wine that they had, that they have been drinking all along, but he didn't, he turned it into right. even better wine. So yeah, that's how he does this with our own lives. And um, oh my gosh. And, and thank you for sharing that about your story. And I really wasn't trying to put you on the spot, but I, I 
I think it's important to point out just because you write books does not mean that every, everything is just so perfect. I think like we're all going through a journey and we write the book we're supposed to write in the right time, mm-hmm. a lot of times for ourselves. I mean, there's so many things that I've written in my books that I, I sometimes look back like, wow, that was actually for me, you know, even though I'm the one right. writing it. Um, but it just, but you, you have to be ready. And I always tell people, it's like, you know, sometimes people are like, I'm so sorry. I haven't had my, I haven't written my book yet. And I'm like, no, no, it always happens in the exact right time. And it's, it's, um, you know, Zig would say this, it's not, it's not about writing a book. It's, it's about who you become as a result of writing a book, right. because you do, you, you kind of grow and change and you start, you know, digging deeper into yourself and well, I think you're already sharing that story and making a huge impact and, you know, shining your light through, through that, that difficult period. And, um, Mm -hmm. I can't wait for that book to come out. And, (laughs) and you also have something else on the horizon, a Bible study. Can we talk about that? Yes. Yes, we can. Um, and you will, I will say that you're going to get one of the first looks at that next book because I will be, I'm going to be going back through performance publishing group. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so I I do have a Bible study coming out. Um, it's uh, due to be released next month, as long as everything progresses, like I'm, I'm hoping it does. Um, the working title is Seen, and it comes from kind of what I've already talked about. God sees us when we're in the depths of whatever we've gone through, God sees us. And I started um, writing about five women of the Old Testament who are perfect examples of God's everlasting love to us. So kind of the basic premise of the book or the basic um, Bible verse that runs throughout the book is Jeremiah 31, three, for I've loved you with the everlasting love. Mm-hmm. And there are five women of the Old Testament that I think really demonstrate that. Their stories attest to that. But as I was writing it, um, I just couldn't get things to work at, at all. It was just taking its time. I couldn't get it all to mesh. And I just really sat down and prayer. I was like, God, what, <laughs> what is right. it? And he he made me realize that I was writing to the wrong people. And what he reminded me of was back in 2013, when I was working for trafficking victims, I said, I'm going to write a Bible study for trafficking victims. And so as my focus shifted, and I wasn't just writing to um, generally women who have been through some sort of, you know, deception or manipulation, kind of like what I've been through, whether betrayal or shame, but I really needed to focus in on women who have been raped sexually assaulted and trafficked because mm. the the women that I have chosen to write about me Old Testament, um, some of them are rape victims. Um, one of them would be considered a trafficking victim under today's definition of trafficking. And I think it's important that women who have been raped, women who have been sexually assaulted, who have been trafficked, understands that God sees them. I need them to know deeply that God sees them. And he has, he, and he loves him so much that he put stories in the word, in the, in the Bible are their stories, somebody they can relate to. I think representation matters. And God has said, look, I see you. Look at the story of Dinah. Look mm-hmm. at the story of Tamar. Look at the story of Hagar, of Bathsheba, mm-hmm. of these women who were raped. Um, and so I think it's so important that women know that they are represented in the Bible and that God sees them and loves them. And just as we talked a few minutes ago, God's going to redeem their stories. Each one of these women, their stories were redeemed. 
Yes. And um, we have some of these women were in Jesus's lineage. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go back to my, Matthew 1, you see all these women listen to the Bible. Well, at least one of them was a rape victim. Wow. And so and it's, it's interesting to go back and see how God has used these women. And I want women who have been through these similar situations to understand that these women's stories are their stories as well, that they can mm-hmm. relate. And there is somebody they can look to in the Bible and go, I've been there. Yep. And that person came through it. God brought them through it. He'll bring me through this. That's right. And I love that you and I share that passion of story, you know, helping people to find their story, share their story. I know you're doing that with some groups in Alabama and, you know, but just you brought that whole point of the stories in the Bible and how it's going to um, impact these women who who have gone through something similar and probably would never even consider that they were you know, so similar. I, mm-hmm. I just love what you're doing. I'm, as you're even talking about that Bible study, I'm thinking about all the groups, even just here in Texas that are for, you know, trafficked women or you know, assault victims. I mean, there's so much need out there. So yeah. I can see this study being a really, really great resource for all these organizations and nonprofits and churches and communities that, that are trying to serve these women. I hope so. And I actually have a local group of women who have been meeting for a couple of years and they are going to take the Bible study, whether or not it's in book form yet, they're going to start middle February and go through it. Um, So I'll get some feedback from some actual sexual assault victims on what they think about it. Um, And Mm. and they may be able to fine tune my message some. Um, But yeah, I've got I've already got people waiting for it to be ready (laughs) and get released. It's going to be huge. And I love the title scene, by the way. I love it. Okay, great. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows? It could evolve, but right now I just love it. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I really could talk to you for so much longer. You, I, I'm just so impressed with all the things that you've done. I've, I know, I've probably said that even, this has nothing to do with a book, truly. You've been doing all, everything that you've put into a book, you've already been doing long before it was in a book. Now you're just able yeah. to reach more people with it. And, um, but you're such an advocate and such an inspiration. And I just love talking to you. So thank you so thank much you. for being on the show. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. For, thanks for having me. And um, I, I can't be happier with you and performance publishing group. I'll just tell you, I, I brag about you all the time and send people your way because y'all did such a great job for me. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for having me on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we, we will do more fun things together. I know we will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that's it for the Power of Authority Spotlight today. I just hope that for those of you who are listening, for whether or not you maybe were affected by some of the things that Tanya was talking about, I guarantee you probably know someone if it wasn't you. So, you know, get the book, Equal Protection Under God for, for those women that you know, but also dig into some of the other things that she has coming out. Oh, T- Tanya, one last thing. Tell us your website. It's tanyahendricks.com and that's Hendricks with an X. So tanyahendricks.com. T-A-N-A or T-A-N-Y-A-H-E-N-D-R-I-X.com. Yes. Go to the website, get those resources and go make an impact in some other woman's life today. So we'll see you next time. for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. 
Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.